Welcome to the Krista and Ed Show. This is where we are going to document our journey on everything partnership in love and in business. We are not holding anything back, guys. So if you want to learn about online marketing and what goes on in an everyday life of a husband and wife, making these thing, two things work together, make sure you follow us. And guess what? Everything's going to be all right and okay. Hi, everybody. Ed. And Krista. From the Krista and Ed Show. And we'd like to welcome our newest guest, Elaine Bradbury. Welcome. And Hi. Elaine <laughs> uh, hails from Manchester, UK. And uh, has spent the better part of, I guess, eight or nine years in property management and investments. And recently, I think in the last half a year, you've uh, burned the bridges and gone out on your own. And um, you're a mother of one four-year-old daughter, correct? Yes, uh, I call her the small human because uh, I don't like to think of her as a child. I like to think of her as my best friend, although she doesn't drink wine, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. Um, so tell us your journey. I mean, you went from being in the corporate world for the last eight years, nine years, and then you just said, okay, I'm going to go out and forge my own path. So how did that happen? Yeah, so um, where I was working, there is probably, say, 120 staff and a board of five directors. And it was quite a big corporation. We had over 10 branches, so smaller individual little offices dotted around Manchester. And they all work on um, selling property, buying property, uh, commercial property, so shops and things like that as well. Um, and basically, I'd been I'd joined the business when it first started um, expanding, and it was great. I, I, you know, I was given a lot of free reign. I worked my way up to director position, and then um, more recently, it kind of. The company had got so large that things had to be put in place like processes like authorization for putting out a job advert and you know um a lot of box ticking so although i'd come up with some brilliant ideas well i thought they were brilliant um it was kind of like you had to wait three weeks for somebody to fill out a form and a finance director to sign it off and i think by that point i'd kind of lost enthusiasm for it really um, and I thought, well, actually, a lot of the people, a lot of the clients that I had um, work with me, not only because of um, the company brand, but because of the service that I give them. So I thought, well, if I can still provide that service under my own banner, um, what's to kind of stop me doing it? So, yeah, I left employment in, um, in July last year, kind of flew the nest. Yeah. So um, I know we talked about this before we actually hit record, but I, I want to briefly touch on it again about the fact that you did, like you made a decision and you did go out on your own. So that that is a scary thing to do, isn't it? Um, it is, yeah, it is. It, I was I was really I was quite frightened about it. I think I'd had the idea in my mind for probably about twelve months before I decided that I was going to actually do it. Uh, and it was in January of last year. I'd taken a holiday up to Scotland 
uh, Scotland's beautiful, very barren, uh, and it was it snowed a lot, and we didn't have any Wi-Fi for the whole weekend. Uh, and I thought I'll allow myself this space and time to really think. Yeah. Well, you know, am I just going to get another job, or am I going to do this? And what are the pros and cons? And uh, yeah, when I'd come back, I decided that's what I was going to do, and now uh, yeah. Handed in my notice at work. <laughs> and it's been six months. So how's it going so far? Are, are, like, I, can, I feel like I can tell by the look in your eyes that it's, it's good. It was a good decision for you. Um, yes. The fact that you even reached out to us to come on the podcast, I'm assuming that you know, you're focusing and you want to get your message out there of what you're doing. Yeah, it's going really well. Um, I think when you think about it before you get started, you think like, I need a business plan and, you know, I, I need to set up this website and I need to do this and do that. And for me, because I'd come from a corporate background, that thought pattern was, it was in my mind. Before you launch a product, you need to get all these things in place. And I just thought to myself, I'm not going to spend six months doing that. I'm just going to go out and do the job. and do it as I go so actually it's been really good um that I've got a few clients you know I'm not making millions and millions of pounds but um that's not what it's about for me for me it's about um like helping people um being a service um uh, provider to people and doing and having a business that's really genuine so it's something that I believe in if the if, if it's me the book stops with me there's nobody else to you know pick anything up and and it's kind of interesting it's a it's a learning curve for me coming from somebody who had a team of 20 people to just be myself <laughs> I'm like oh there's nobody to make make a brew I'm like oh okay you know, <laughs> and just working from home I'm like there's, there's nobody else here like there's the radio and that but um but yeah, it's really, I'm really enjoying it because you get so much um, creativity to do whatever you, whatever you want your business to look like, that is entirely up to you. And, and that's fantastic. That's, that's the, you know, I obviously need to pay my bills. But aside from that, you've just got to love what you do, haven't you, I suppose? Yeah. So, Elaine, can you just walk me through what types of services you do offer to your clients and what that looks like? Yeah, so um, I'm a property investor myself. I invest in UK property. I have a few that I rent out and I also do what we call flipping. So buy them, do them up and then sell them on later on. Uh, the service uh, packages that I offer, I have one that's a coaching model. So a bit of a mentor program for somebody who's a bit more DIY and hands-on. So we'll work out a strategy set some goals uh, and do a bit of homework when they're not with me. <laughs> uh, so I'll work on that basis for people who want to learn more and be hands-on. And then I also offer a servicing package, um, which includes property sourcing. So for people who um, have quite serious careers, they already have their jobs, they don't have time to go out and view houses and put offers in and negotiate sales. They don't have time to, um, you know, oversee a big project of refurbishment and stuff like that. So I offer that a more hands-off experience as well. So I'm kind of meeting both ends of the market, really. That's amazing. Nice. I love it. Well, I got to tell you, it's interesting because one of 
the, I think the ingredients to success mm -hmm. is to just do it, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of people obsess on, they'll spend a year, you know, being in their corporate job and tooling a logo and tweaking and making yeah. something all work on a website and they get busy being busy and mm -hmm. not just executing. So it's great to hear that you're like, okay, I'm going to do this. And then as I'm going, I'll, I'll you know, uh, start to implement the other things that you need as opposed to just spending time thinking about it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I think taking action and implementing is way more valuable than doing all the stuff beforehand because, and I've learned this myself, you know, the market really essentially will tell you what they want. Um, we get stuck in our heads and we might spend a lot of time and money on things that actually are going to need to change mm -hmm. later. So I'm a big, you know, believer in that, like just launch it and then you figure it out later. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The worst thing that I could think to do would be to come up with, um, you know, some packages and some logos and branding and spend a lot of money on, uh, you know, creating this website because I, I had an idea and people didn't like it. So I was like, well, let's just get started and then, you know, it, see what the demand is like. So originally I'd said I was only just going to do uh, sourcing and buying properties for people. Um, but a bit, I just got contacted by so many people saying, you know, I really want to buy a house, but I don't know where to start. Um, and, it, and they wanted to know where the networking groups were, what a solicitor would cost, how could they raise uh, finance to get a mortgage. And I was like, well, you know, I, kept, I keep telling people. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, people must want to know this. They must want help with this. So I was yeah. like, okay, I can do that. That's fine. Yeah, yeah no, that's, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah. Well, I love that you stepped into it and I'm like inspired by your courage to do it, mm -hmm. especially, you know, as a mom. Um, when I yeah. left the world, that's kind of what I did. I started working from home and at the time I'm no longer doing it, but I started an online women's clothing boutique. I knew nothing about e-commerce. I knew nothing about clothing. In fact, I wear my pajamas most of the time. Like I'm not, I like No, I don't believe that. I don't believe it. <laughs> you always look so fashionable and gray. How, how is that? No, no, that's, that's just social media. That's not real. <laughs> Um, but for me, it was, you know, I was, I was going through this discovery of myself now, you know, I'm a mom, my confidence is still there, but it's different, right? Like my body's changed, all that kind of stuff. And at the time for me, it was, you know, clothing was universal language with women. So it was like, how do I feel good and help other people feel good? And, you know, I, I just did it. And there was so much fear, but I've learned, I learned so much throughout it. And I believe that you know, um, everything happens for a reason and any journey or road you go down is preparing you for what's coming next. So um, I always admire people who who take that leap. And, um, and, and it's funny, and sometimes, you know, it's when you're doing an interview, the before or the after, when you're not recording, sometimes has the real nuggets of gold. And there was something you said that I just wanted to bring up so that we could discuss it. It, like, yeah. you start for introduction you're like look what, what's the worst that could happen I'll, I'll go get a job I'll go back to the corporate world a lot of people are so afraid of that they're like okay I'm comfortable I'm doing what I'm doing it's predictable and that whole idea of going out on their own there's just like this huge fear there's this huge question mark they can't even describe it 
And yeah. so you know, I've heard many people say before, it's okay, I'm going to ask you a question. What's the worst thing that could happen? Oh, I could go back to work. Well, what's the worst thing that could happen from that? Like breaking it down and all of a sudden you're like, well, nothing really. Nothing really. You're, yeah. you're, you're going for your dreams and going where you want to go and chart your own path. But so many people are afraid of that. And so when we were talking, you was like, well, I'll just go back to work. Like I, I can, or find something that fulfills you and that you can learn more about your industry. And it was great to hear that because a lot of people don't think in that mindset. You know, I, I also always think about regret, right? And I know I've heard this, I've had a lot of great mentors in my life as well. But when you're, you know, 90 years old and looking back on your life, you're, you're not going to regret the chances that you took and the things that you tried. Do you know what I mean? You're going to regret not doing it. So if there's anything inside of you that's pushing you, I think you have an obligation to, to do it and try it. So I already like you. <laughs> and you come into Canada. And a glass of water. <laughs> I, think, um, I think the thing for me that kind of, uh, the process that I went through was, uh, well, what's the worst thing that could happen? And it was like, well, you know, if I have to move in with my mum for a bit, that's all right. And, you know, if we have to eat beans, you know, three nights a week or whatever, then that's fine as well. And it was more like, um, because I'm a mum and I've got a little girl, I thought I wouldn't want her to live her life feeling scared of, of not doing, you know, of following her dreams. And I think, well, I can't teach her to, you know, be brave and be ambitious and the world's her oyster if I'm still sat at my desk every day thinking, oh, if only I could start my own business. It's like, you know, practice what you preach, you know, <laughs> you're telling her that like the world is this amazing place and you can be who you want to be, but you don't believe it yourself. It's like, come on, start yourself out. <laughs> you know what? That is such a great, a great message and way to look at it. Um, mm-hmm. When you're saying it, I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, yes. And I think subconsciously, I went through a lot of that too. I think when you become a mom or a parent, right, um, there's this new found like warrior inside of you, right? And it's mm-hmm. like, you have to pave the way. <laughs> yeah, it sinks your, it anchors your why, right? So yeah, yeah. yeah. I love it. So um, if you could give us a takeaway from this last six months, so if, if let's say our viewers are listening and they're like, okay, and we know we've had feedback where people have decided from listening to our podcast, like they started a business. What would be something that you would love to share? Like it could be, you know, a challenge or something that really rewarding. What would you say if you have something to tell us? I would say one of the things that um, I overcame or one of the reasons why I didn't do it was didn't do it sooner is because I was worried what people would think about me I was worried of other people's opinions um and when you start sharing with friends and family they go oh that's risky or oh you know you you need to pay your mortgage you know you you've got a little girl you should you should be think maybe in a few years time and lots of people will tend to say things that will put you off mm-hmm. um so I think for me it was Lee, I listen to them, but you still need to do what you think is the right thing to do. And 
actually when you go out there and you you are self-employed you put you're putting yourself out there you your business is yours it's so personal to you um and if anybody's like a bit of a naysayer or a bit negative about it you're like well why don't you like it so yeah. i think i've actually learned to not take anything so personally other people's opinions um and that's been a learning journey for me because I've always been like a bit of a people pleaser and sometimes I think you can spend so much time looking at your competition or looking at what other people are doing um, and think oh I wish I could do that I wish I could do this and and you don't it's it's like with all that energy just put it into getting started and just just do it you know it's it, even if it if it doesn't work it's all right it's not the end of the world if it doesn't work you, know, it, you can try again and try again you know, the, I know exactly what you're talking about, and we still go through that sometimes, right? And that's why I think it's so important to find your tribe or connect with like-minded people and be able to keep the relationships almost separate. Because I know for me, at first, I just wanted to vomit all my ideas and everything over everybody, anybody who would listen. Even if it was like my mom and she doesn't even care what I'm talking about because yeah. she's not even looking at me while I'm saying it. And then I'd be hurt because I'm like, like, why is this not exciting to you? Right. But what I yeah. want to categorize and kind of keep those in different buckets mm -hmm. where it's like, you know what, you're, you're in a different place, right? Mm -hmm. Like five years ago, your mindset might not have been that way either. And you might've looked at other people the same and said, well, you know, are you sure? Right. But, mm -hmm. but that's their life. Um, I just want to say this real quick. I saw this Mimi recently and it just like makes me laugh so hard because it's a picture and it says like, whenever someone gets a job and they announce it on Facebook, there's like 800 likes and everybody loves it and they're so excited and they congratulate you. Yeah. But as soon as you post that you started a new business, it's like crickets, three people like it, right? Because everyone's like, oh, <laughs> no, you're going to fail, yeah. you know? Yeah. But, but a lot of times, you know, it, it's, it's their own fears or it's just not necessarily for them because it is risky. Like entrepreneurs are the people that change the world. There's not one thing in the room that you can look at around you that was not created by somebody who had a vision and people told them they were crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Right? So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And the funny part about it is it's typically your closest friends and family. It's, do you know what I mean? A lot of people mm -hmm. don't like change. So it's like the status quo is the status quo. And when you decide to change and to elevate and, and take a new direction, I think they may I think, be a bit more resistant I to it. I also think I've learned that, you know, their concerns are valid. Like they care about you. So they want to protect you in the way they yeah. think they know how, right? Yeah. But um but yeah, in, in finding your tribe and connecting with people, I know for me being online has been a huge lifesaver for me in the sense yeah. of I can still hang out with my girlfriends, I can still hang out with, you know, my family, but I can also connect with other people all over the world. Yeah. And be like, oh my gosh, okay, we have, we're like talking about the same thing and we get it without even having to explain it, even as perfect strangers, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. So we always like to ask all of our guests uh, what their, if you could pick one thing, what would be your biggest superpower? <laughs> My biggest superpower? Oh, this is going to be a bit strange. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I feel Do I need a, a glass of wine? Do I need a glass of wine? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I 
would say is the fact that I can um, bring emotion into something that in in the past hasn't had emotion associated with it. So property investment, it's about numbers, how much you put in, uh, how much you get out. Um, you know, the properties are big purchases in people's lives. So they want to know everything down to the T and the numbers stack up and all that type of thing. Um, and as I am good with numbers, you know, my numbers always work, but it's the emotional side of it. So I can go to a house and I can think, would my mum live here? Do I love this place? Can I imagine a family growing up here? You know, all those types of things that I will kind of add on as well as the finances, I think do make a really big difference um, because I'm thinking about the people that are going to live there, um, you know, the future of the property um, and uh, also people's reasons why so when people are buying investment properties it's because generally they want to leave their job or they're doing it for the pension or they're um, you know investing for the children's future so it's like everybody's background reason and, and emotions I'm, I think I'm quite um, quite emotionally intelligent at tapping into that with people but I ask a lot of questions though so sometimes people can find it intrusive or a bit nosy but I do I, I generally like they feel like they're being interviewed I'm like oh why do you want to do that yeah but why but why <laughs> Awesome. I think that's a great superpower to have right and that's how you build strong relationships as well um, and in your industry too you know like yeah if you build those relationships then I would imagine then you get referrals and people keep mm -hmm. coming back to you. Um, and not, not everybody has that, right? Um, that talent. So that's a great one. And to attach that's emotion really to one. it. Yeah. I heard somebody talk once about, it was a sales training or something I was listening to. And they're talking about that with car salesmen, right? Like the yeah. guy who walks up to you in the, in the parking lot and is like, Hey, you looking for a car? Oh, let me show you this one versus the guy who's like, Hey, tell me about yourself. Do you have kids? You know, uh, where do you live? Do you like road trips? All that. And actually listens to the client to figure out their needs. There's a big difference in the percentage of what you're closing in a sale as well. You know, not that it's yeah. a transaction, but it's like yeah. property is a huge investment. So yeah. And be able to anchor some emotion into it and in all of the, you know, positive things that can come from buying that property is, is awesome. Right? Yeah. So, so for our listeners, if they're wanting to invest in property in the UK, what would be the best way to get a hold of them or hold of them? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, most more, my most popular form of uh, contact is actually my Instagram page. Uh, so it's Elaine underscore uh, Property Queen, and that's where I find most of the property property community live for me, uh, and we interact with each other on a regular basis on there. Okay, well, we will share that link um, mm -hmm. with our viewers and listeners, and also we like to ask our guests if you have a question for us just before we wrap up so it can be for both of us it can be individually or if you don't want to know anything we're fine with that too <laughs> yes tell me about uh, the, how you chose a um like a brand or a style for the clothing then what kind of um how did you go for it why didn't you decide to do like you know gym gear <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. Okay. That's a good well, one. you know, it's a great question. And even though I'm not doing the boutique anymore, I honestly, I, I have a passion to even possibly restart it. But my, my story really was... Oh, you've talked about it now. You're going to have to do it. Everybody knows. <laughs> yeah. So, you know what? For me, like I said, it was really more about self-discovery. So what had happened is I had my daughter. Um, she's eight now. And at that time, I was like, I'm going to leave the corporate world. And then I didn't, right? And I said, okay, well, I'm going to stay on mat leave and I'm going to just just be a mom. And I didn't. I joined, you know, a, a Arbonne MLM and I was like, hey, I got to do a business. So when my son came along, I told myself, you know what, this time I'm going to be present and I'm not going to go after my crazy ideas. I'm going to be a stay-at-home mom. And we were building a house at the time and I said to myself, you know what? I don't, we were already spending all this money and I'm a creative person and I have an idea of what I want for decor for my new house, but I, I don't want to go and buy all new furniture because I can't <laughs> and the stuff that I want, I can't afford. So I started redoing furniture, like chalk painting stuff. So I went to thrift stores. I, I bought like, you know, like $20, you know, solid wood coffee tables. And I pretty much have done our whole house. Yeah. So I didn't do what I said I was going to do, which was just be present with my baby. So what happened was he was like three months old. I had all these people now who wanted to buy my furniture. She had clients, deadlines, <laughs> our garage was full, our house was full. And I'm like, oh, this well, isn't fun. It's my story. Sorry. It was fun. <laughs> it was fun. But I had this thing where honestly, like, I was in the garage and I was painting like a dresser and my son was in his swing. And this was a moment, this was a pivoting moment for me. And I think everybody has that at some point, right? And he was smiling and I remember like crying, right? Like I had my husband's t-shirt on, which I had been wearing probably already for seven days because it was comfy. I didn't have to get dressed. Like I was breastfeeding. I was a mess anyway, you know? Um, <laughs> And I remember thinking like, what am I doing? What am I doing? I was supposed to spend this time with my son and here I am now taking on clients and I'm painting while he's sitting in his swing in the garage. I had this huge mom guilt. So I was like, what can I do to make money but still paint as a hobby and my own term. Anyways, I came up with clothing because in that moment I was like, what is one thing? Like, God, please tell me what is one thing that would make me happy right now? And I remember I went back to my corporate days and I remember at lunchtime, if I was having a hard day or <laughs> went through a meeting, I would go shopping at lunch. And I'm like, there's nothing that makes a woman feel better. <laughs> New top or jeans or just a pe honestly, like you walk different, right? So I was like, oh my God, what if I could find clothes that I feel comfortable in, but that are also beautiful that I, women don't have to spend like $300 on because, you know, I, I think I have good taste. I go to a store and the one skirt that's $300, you better believe I'm going to touch it, you know? <laughs> and now I'm like, I'm a mom and I don't want to spend my money on myself anymore. So I'm like, 
there's got to be a way. So, so I went on this path of that. It was within a month. I'm like, hey, we're traveling. We got to go here. We're going we to Las go. Vegas for a show, sourcing. We, we got to go source all this stuff. And, and that's honestly where it started. So for me, it wasn't about like, okay, I, I want to make money and sell a product. It was about how can I balance my life um, but start with me. How can I empower myself by also empowering other people? Mm-hmm. Because I know that that's what fulfills me. Um, and that's where it started. And, and that's what I did. So my brand started being built more around that um, to start. And then I realized I was attracting all these women who were the, in the same boat, right? It's like, I had so many people come to me and they're like, you, you made me feel beautiful again. And thank you. And it's not about the clothes, right? It's just about... Yeah. Yeah. So long answer for. No, that's, that's beautiful. It's a very nice story. I like to hear about how you're painting the furniture in your moment of transition. I think uh, quite a few mums will have had that moment where you think, oh my gosh, what am I doing? I wasn't meant to do this. You kind of get carried away, don't you? But then you know you need something or else you'd lose your sanity. So yeah. Well, and I think as a creative person too, right? Not everybody is, but I, I'm creative, but also very um, like thinker and, you know, like, you probably can relate to this it's like you need that something to keep you going and to scratch that itch you know yeah and for me yeah that was it at the time so yeah you need that outlet don't you I wondered um because when that my my um daughter was born I didn't I didn't enjoy maternity leave I did enjoy spending time with her to a certain extent but I was definitely definitely ready to go back to work because I just felt uh, you know, you've no, it's really strange. It was really strange for me. I just felt I had no creative output and, um, you know, I'd kind of just become a mum and, and it was like, oh, but I really enjoy, like, work, but I need to make it work for me and her as well. So, yeah, there's definitely uh, crossroads, isn't there, that you go through. Well, and I think that's the thing. When, when you're working, especially in a certain environment for so long, like, it becomes your identity too right so Mm -hmm. when you leave you lose that in a sense too a little bit where you're like oh you know and I think because I had my my first daughter and I went through all those emotions and things but I didn't really listen to myself the second time around I just had more of a like okay like it's now or never you know like I'm not getting younger right if I was in my 20s I could make excuses but now it's like all right you know (laughs) like you got it sometimes you just got to do it yeah and I think because I listened to myself and I, and I, I went down that path. Um, it makes me stronger now and I'm able to, you know, take risks more too with a different perspective Mm -hmm. of like, Oh my gosh, you know, like it's, it's not about transactions all the time. You know, like when, when, when you make it, if that is your whole idea and you have all the money in the world, you know, you have to still have a passion for something or it's not going to get you out of bed. You know what I mean? So Yeah, you'll just end up going to too many parties. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that won't be good in the long run, no. Like a permanent hangover. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on our show. Yeah. I, I can tell intuitively from the things that we've talked about, you're on the right path, yeah. and you're all doing it from your instincts, and I think you need to trust your gut because it's it's – you're navigating in the right way, I think. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I've had a really nice time. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you.
Hey, if you like this episode, please go ahead and help us out and leave us a review. Of course, take a screenshot, share it with your friends. Um, if you want to watch the video episode, make sure to check out our YouTube channel. You can find us by searching Krista and Ed. We would love for you to subscribe and show us some love on there where we also share weekly mindset, marketing, and entrepreneurship tips.